0: I am so tired. The reason why I'm so tired is because I just finished editing this episode. It took me so long. I mean, it always takes me a very long time to edit my episode. And yeah, I really, really don't like it. And it's not because I don't like editing the show. I do. But the time it takes is so, so much. And... With that time, I could be doing so much for my business, trying to look for ways to monetize it, you know, trying to grow the show and actually get it to the level which I wanted to. And editing just takes so much of that time away from me. So, I want to hire an editor just to solve all of these problems. But I just, I really don't know where to start. Where should I go to find an editor? I mean... There are so many sites which are available out there, and it's so confusing. How do I know that this is the right site? Should I hire somebody on a one-time or once-off basis? Should I hire someone on a once-off basis or on a consistent full-time basis? I really don't know. I'm literally very clueless about this. I think I can help you with that. Wait, Obel. I think I know somebody who might help me with that. As a matter of fact, I saw him on Facebook and then checked out his podcast. His name is Brian Ensminger. And you know why Brian is the right person? That's because he's an editor. And he has a show about hiring an editor, a podcast editor. I mean, how awesome is that? He's literally the perfect person to help me with that. So Obel, please dial Brian up and take me to Riverside. This episode is brought to you by the Podcasting Power Hour. They're the sponsors of the show. I'm really so excited about this because they are for yourself and myself as independent podcasters. If you really want to know anything and everything about podcasting and the podcasting industry, then it's something that we should be listening to. I know that I do every Mondays 9pm EST. And if sometimes as I do, you miss it because of your time zone or anything like that, you can find it wherever you listen to your podcast because those sessions are also repurposed into podcast episodes, which is really, really awesome and mind-blowing. Even if you were part of the Twitter space, it's always good to review it and listen to it afterwards because of the value bombs that you find there. And it is hosted by the legendary podcast father himself, Jeff Townsend, who is legendary to say the least if you don't know who he is then you better check out the podcasting power hour so that you can find out who he is and know why the hell he's called the podcast father anyways i hope that you go and check it out right now today using the url down in the show notes below which is podcastingpowerhour.com that is podcastingpowerhour.com so yeah please go check it out and thank you once again to the Podcast Empower Hour for sponsoring this episode. Anyways, let's get back to it. Clueless Entrepreneurs, welcome to The Clueless Entrepreneur, brought to you by the Msane Podcast Network. My name is Ido Jim and I am a clueless entrepreneur. I'm trying to build a podcast business but have no idea what to do or where to start. If you can relate to this, then you're listening to the right podcast because this podcast is about helping you and I as clueless entrepreneurs to be better entrepreneurs who have successful podcast businesses. So my question is to you, are you ready to be less clueless? Thank you very much, Brian, for joining me on today's episode of The Clueless Entrepreneur. I'm very excited to talk about the topic that we have. Uh, But before we start, I'd like to ask you, what's one thing, you know, that you are clueless about, but you're very interested in getting to know or are trying to learn about? (laughs)
1: Yeah, that's a, wow. That wasn't one that you sent me as a prep question. (laughs) That's great. Uh, So I I think one of the things that I struggle with, and I don't know that I would, yeah, I'd probably say pretty much clueless would be the area of marketing. That's something that I try to help with my clients with, but I feel like there's always so much more in that particular arena to understand the process of understanding your market and bringing products or things to bear that the market was. That's something that I continue to struggle with. Mm.
0: Wow. I can definitely relate to that, especially with my podcast. Um, I've, I have been struggling with the marketing a- aspect of it. And, you know, I'm also trying to learn about that. But it's really interesting that you acknowledge that you don't know much about it, but you are learning, which I really, you know, think is the best part about not necessarily being clueless, but knowing, Less about something that you get to learn more about it, and, and enjoy the experience of knowing more. So, thank you very much for sharing that with me. Um, today we are talking about hiring, uh, but specifically, we're talking about how to hire an editor. Now, somebody who's listening to this might not, you know, be sold maybe on the idea of having an editor. Um, but what is perhaps the benefit of hiring? an editor for your podcast business?
1: Yeah, I mean, there are, (laughs) I guess consider first the source, right? I'm an editor, so I might be biased, but there are, in my view, a number of really strong benefits to having an editor, and some of them might apply to your situation and some of them might not. I think the obvious one that people think about is getting time back, right? So as a podcast producer now, you know the amount of time that goes into preparing and recording, And then if you think about editing, you've probably added three or four more times the amount of time to that, and then all of the promotion and stuff. So there's that element of time. But I think there's also, when you start working with a professional, it kind of forces you to up your game. And it also then brings to bear all of the skill and the knowledge and the resource and the perspective that that other person or perhaps that other team has to your production and helps you do that. And then also, I think a byproduct that we often don't think about is it's not just time, but there's also a certain amount of mental capacity that you get back in terms of thinking about your content and your marketing. And if you've got an interview show researching your guests and all of that stuff that you, even if you had time for because you're splitting your attention between so many different areas, as you think about the production process, it makes it really hard to focus on that and not get stuck in the weeds of the really detailed work of the editing as you're going along.
0: Wow. well. Wow. Um, I really must admit that, you know, I can definitely agree with that part that I have been such at a point whereby editing has taken so much of my time (laughs) and I haven't been able to focus on other things which are essential for the growth of my show and also like discovering um or doing more things to improve the quality of the content. So I, I really do, you know, agree with all of those things on all of those aspects and perhaps when you look at that you know the the benefits of that and then looking at myself for example as a small independent podcaster when is the right time for me to start thinking about hiring an editor or start looking for an editor should it be at a time whereby my business starts making money or can I hire an editor, even if the business is not making any money yet? Well, how do I yeah. navigate through that?
1: <laughs> I mean, that's the, the million dollar question, right? And unfortunately, mm-hmm. I don't have a specific answer for you or anybody else without knowing more about the situation. What I would say is that there's probably a couple of things to consider. First off, I, I have a couple of friends who are editors and their position is nobody should edit, edit their own show because there's a certain amount of value that comes from having another editor. And for the first show that I launched, even though I was editing for other people as I got into that show, I brought in an editor for that show to help me stay focused on the content like we had talked about, because I don't know about you, but I'm a little bit vain. And so when I get to editing, I started really trying to get down there and clean up every little last thing. And I started obsessing over things that really didn't make a difference. And by bringing in that other person that helped kind of back me away from it a little bit. Mm-hmm. However, I would say that the the point where you would want to start thinking about an editor is if there's something that you need that you can't do. So, thinking about the quality or the production value of the show if there's something that you can't address or if there's time that you need to get back or there's stuff that's falling off of your plate, so to speak, that might be when it's time to think about that. Now, I would also preface that with but not if you can't afford it and in my mind this could be that you might want to have a business plan behind your podcast that actually is generating or has a path to revenue Uh, but the other side of this is if you have to take out credit (laughs) like get a credit card or you're spending money that you don't have to bring out an editor in my view that's a very i don't want to say irresponsible but it's a very scary position to put yourself into where you're hiring a person based on money that you don't have. So I would say not necessarily that you have to have revenue, although I would make the case that that's probably a good idea, but you have a way to fund it where it's not, it's not putting your family at risk. It's not putting your show or your business at risk. It's it's doing that in a very responsible way. And when there's something that you see that you want to get out of having an editor, which could be any of those benefits that I referenced before, any number of other benefits, right? Uh, It could even be that you want to bring in an editor just because you want to be able to say, I have an editor, I have a professional show, so that when you reach out to a guest, you can say, Mm -hmm. here's my producer, they're going to help us with this show, because that, believe it or not, that can actually help you land a guest who thinks that you're just, you know, sort of a fly-by-night operation.
0: Wow, wow, that that really is one way of looking at it. And I mean, I'm really mind blown right now. And I feel guilty, um, because I <laughs> have started looking for an editor, even though the business is not generating, you know, any revenue um, yet. My thinking was that if I make the investment now, and, you know, outsource that, then I can be able to perhaps find um, or make money. Uh, because I'm, mm-hmm. I'll am be focusing on the growth activities which are necessary to grow my podcast reaching out to sponsors and things like that so is that yeah. thinking you know the, the right kind of thing I think
1: what I would say is if you're in a position where you think that you would be willing to invest in invest money in marketing and the podcast is that marketing for your business then maybe that's a wise investment and I think it's always wise to be thinking about options is it time for me to do this like to always have because as a as a business owner (laughs) you're always going to have things that you can't do yet and you're always going to be saying these are the five or ten things i want to do which is the one that i can do right now so it's not bad to be considering that um and i would say if you were going to invest in bringing somebody in to do your social media marketing and you didn't have revenue but you believe that facilitated your path to revenue then that might be a worthwhile mm-hmm. investment in the same way that doing the you know bringing in a podcast editor could be I think the difference is your podcast is helping you generate relationships and develop authority and all of those kinds of things but it's not just marketing right you also have to market your podcast and so you have to think about yeah. do I have a growth strategy in place to help me connect with the the listeners that I want and that that I need in order to use this to build my business. Because if you don't, it might be something where you need to consider a shorter sales funnel or a shorter sales cycle for now so that you can begin generating some level of revenue to fund the podcast as opposed to funding the podcast and then realizing you also have to market the podcast in order to grow the podcast to grow the business. It's like, how many steps are people willing to take with you before mm-hmm. they fall out of your sales funnel, your pipeline, or they, they lose interest in what you're doing? and when you're starting out i think that the fastest path to revenue is probably the right one to get started (laughs)
0: wow well well well, i mean i think i should sit down with you um and you can be my business consultant (laughs) or something like that because that was really 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 insightful and i really like you know looking at the whole business aspect of it because we are podcast entrepreneurs and that's what we are looking at, you know, and I definitely agree with that, um, that you have to focus on the activities which will, you know, generate revenue, the quickest one to generate revenue. And perhaps just just look at um, the whole aspect of hiring somebody when you are, you know, when you have considered it and you are thinking about, you know, hiring someone what's the best way of going about it? Should you hire someone for, you know, a full-time position, or should it be, you know, somebody who works on a once-off basis or, you know, maybe four times a month for one episode every week or something like that? How should we, you know, go about that? Yeah, so,
1: I mean, part of that's going to depend on your, your budget and what you're looking for. I think for most independent podcasters, having an actual employee is probably not going to be an option just because if you think about bringing somebody on full-time, unless you're really turning out a lot of content, they're probably not going to have sufficient workload to justify having a full-time employee. Uh, And it's it's a matter of then, okay, do I have other things that fit this person's skill set that I can have them invest in? So that can be a lot for a, a person to manage if they're trying to get stuff up off the ground. I don't want to presume that that's not appropriate for you because I have no way to know. What I would recommend for most people is that they consider bringing somebody on who works on sort of a per project or perhaps per season or per year type basis where they will commit to a certain number of episodes per week or per month or whatever it is that matches your production timeline. And they will commit to working with you on that and Usually, I'm looking for somebody that is willing to write a contract, right? I mean, that's how I work with my clients. We have a piece of paper that's signed that says, This is what I'm going to do for you. This is what you're going to do for me. This is how we're going to work together. So that all of that stuff is clear. It has an end date. It says, It starts here. It ends here. And then we can choose whether or not we want to continue working. Now, whether that person that you want to work with is an individual, a freelancer, or a small business owner with a small team, or is an agency with a large team, that's going to depend a lot on who it is that you, who it is that you need to work with, what your ideal situation looks like. Uh, In a lot of cases, you might find a slightly better price working with individual freelancer, but you also might find that some of the other things you might want to do if you had a larger team, that person really isn't the right person to do that. For example, I offer show notes. I don't do the show notes myself because that's not really my skill set. So I have somebody that I work with who does that part of the work for me. Mm. And so you just need to be careful if you if you're bringing somebody in who will help you with editing and show notes and graphics and all of this kind of stuff, you just have to make sure that you're finding somebody that's actually good <laughs> at all of those things because writing and editing and all, these can be very disparate skill sets, and they can reside within one person, but not always. Mm. You you did mention something about like writing and show notes
0: and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um. So does and what does an editor do? Maybe let me just ask that. You know, um. When you, sure. Yeah. What, what what are the activities involved?
1: Yeah. So it's it's gonna vary a little bit. And when you start talking about writing, then you're moving more into maybe podcast management, it isn't specifically classical editing, but typically what an editor is gonna do, if you think about just sort of the base level, they're going to take the audio that you provide for the, provide to them, and they're going to do something to that audio to make it good for a podcast, and that would probably include. Things like adding an introduction and a closing and maybe if there are ads or segment changes or things like that, they would add those kinds of things in. Depending on the level of editing that they provide, they may also go through and remove filler words and long pauses and stumbles and stammers. They, it, But it can also go all the way to a, a full on radio style production. I have a friend who does um, scripted podcasts where they it's basically like a, a radio play. And so she takes what voice actors have done and puts these together to create episodes. So that's also podcast editing. So part of it depends on the style of your show and what you're looking for. Most people that I talk to are probably looking for someone to edit a talk show. It's them or them and a guest or two or a co-host. and They talk straight through and they just want somebody to remove the fluff, right? And so that would be what that editor would do. Uh, And then some editors are also qualified to do some audio repair so if you get an episode that has some background noise or the you can hear the the reverb from the room maybe they record it in a bathroom or something they can help clean that up so that it sounds really good when you listen to it and so those are some of the sort of not classically editing but editing related services that a lot of editors do offer mm.
0: oh wow okay um thank you very much for sharing all of that um and What is perhaps the difference between a freelance editor and an agency and also like a business? I think that's what you said as well.
1: Yeah, like a small business? Yes, a
0: small business. So,
1: yeah. Yeah. And I can share with you, I think, what my perspective is. And it's kind of a little bit from the outside looking in. So other people may have other things. But typically, a freelancer is going to be one person who works alone and they do one or two things for you, uh, maybe, maybe a little bit more like the suite of offerings depends on their skill set, but you go to them and they do the things that you've agreed with them to do. They're not an employee. They don't work only for you. They work for potentially multiple clients, or I guess you could be the only one, but they work for you as a freelancer. A small business or a small team would be, in my view, something where you're working with a business owner who either has their own small in-house team, maybe they've got two or three employees that maybe one person that does graphics, one person that does writing, so they can offer some more things. Maybe they have the ability to share the workload between people so vacations aren't quite as difficult to deal with, uh, like that that kind of thing. Uh, they may also be, like what I do, I will typically contract out with some people to do some additional work. They don't technically work for me in the sense of an employee, but I do have a team of people that I work with and so I don't, I'm, not, I'm sort of halfway between freelancer and small business owner, if you will, in terms of the way I'd look at that. And then an agency is going to be somebody where they've got a larger team. You, instead of dealing with the, the business owner, you're probably going to deal with an account manager or a project manager to help you manage your show. And they're going to do all of that kind of stuff for you. And typically, they're going to have a much larger suite of offerings in terms of what they can do for marketing and graphic design and video and a whole gamut of other things that might be value added. Does that help?
0: Yeah. I mean it, it totally, totally helps me a lot. And yeah, I thank you very much for sharing all of that. And perhaps what would be the best option, you know, for someone like me who is a small independent podcaster? You did touch on it. Um but mm-hmm. when we look deep into it, what would be, you know, the best option for me?
1: Sure. So for you, based on what I know about you right now, I would think that probably working with a freelancer is going to be your best bet, or maybe a small business owner who has a small team. It depends on what the scope of work is that you're looking for. But I th- I think that based on our little conversation here, you're probably going to work. You're going to want to be working with the decision maker primarily. I, I think that you're going to want to do what you can to keep the cost down. So you're not having to support a large team that yeah. does a lot of stuff that maybe you don't care about, right? You don't have to cover a lot of fixed overheads because it's basically them and the software that they have and taxes and stuff, right? So my guess is probably a freelancer, but, I mean, you never know. You might find that perfect person for you out there that's a different business model. Mm.
0: And let's say we go with, you know, the freelancer. Sure. Um, what Where would be the best place to find um, freelancers? You know, uh, is it social media by recommendation, you know, talking to other small independent podcasters who have editors or, you know, sites like Upwork or, you know, what what would you do or recommend
1: us? So in my view, and again, this is Brian's world. So consider the fact that I am an editor and just Mm -hmm. like take that with a grain of salt. In my view, I think that Upwork and Fiverr are good if Mm -hmm. all you want is somebody to do a one-time job for you. You're not looking to go through an interview process and trying to Make sure you're choosing the right person now I'm not saying that you can't find a great editor there, but I think those sites are really built for that kind of I would almost call it a churn and burn where you're just mm-hmm. you're you're finding a person to do a job for you, and you might have them do a, a few, but that's not really what you're looking for once you get beyond that, if you're looking to actually bring somebody on to be not formally a part of your team but become part of what you're trying to do, you want that long term relationship. Where you're getting a consistent product every time you put it out it's not a new person every time working on it the the first place i would recommend is if you know somebody who is a podcaster and who is doing the kind of work that you want to do in terms of the production that they're putting out ask them if they have an editor now this doesn't mean running to a facebook group and asking thirty thousand people that you don't know who's the best editor right because what you're going to get is 150 or 200 responses that you'll never be able to sort through and then you'll probably also get another 200 responses from editors saying, well, of course I'm the best. Go hire me. And so <laughs> that's that's probably not the best way to do that. If you if you really want to get a large number of people in a manageable way, I've actually got a link that I can send you for the show notes. My friend Steve Stewart runs the Podcast Editors Club on Facebook. There's about eight 8,000 editors in that group. And he actually has a process where you can get an application up in front of people to start screening them so that you can get, you can you can provide a little bit in terms of what's the scope of work that you're looking for, what's your turnaround time, that kind of stuff, ask them some questions. Yeah. And then based on that, you can screen which yeah. ones you wanna talk to so that you don't get, <laughs> you don't post it in yeah. a group and get 200 DMs that you have to keep track of, right? <laughs> so th- that's actually what, like if you, if you don't know somebody to ask, that's what I would recommend is go to Steve's website. Again, I can provide you that link and then get that application out in front of those people I might end up being one of them I might not right, but that's fine because what the best part is for you to find the editor that's the right one for you
0: no, I, I like that. Thank you very much for that and talking about price, the whole aspect mm-hmm. of price you know um it's something which you know we think about we have to think about, especially if you don't have a whole lot of money um so what's the right price you know what's what's a what's an affordable price which can get you somebody who is you know good enough you know for your podcast
1: sure so i i would say a lot of that's really going to depend on what the definition of good enough is for you right because as a service provider i have a perspective on value and quality but my perspective may not be aligned with yours and so if you're looking for something different than what i offer I don't want to say less than or more than because that's not really a fair comparison. But if you're looking for something that's different, then what I offer maybe isn't valuable to you. And so it really doesn't matter that much what I charge because what I'm offering isn't what you're looking for. But and and also the the price can range anything from unbelievably low for probably really low quality. Cause I've I've worked with a couple of the editors that are on the very low end of the spectrum, and unfortunately it didn't work out well. But all the way up to more than a thousand dollars an episode, just depending on what you 're looking for and you know how much risk you're willing to take versus how much risk you're expecting the person who's doing the editing to take because part of the part of the deal that we part of what we deal with is we don't always know what we 're going to be delivered, and so mm. we have to make some assumptions based on that, and then sometimes that can affect things. I will say that i'm part of a group that did a study. I think the last three years or so, and this year's results aren't out yet. But if I remember correctly last year, a one hour episode, an interview, just two people with the going through and removing the filler words, the kind of editing that we talked about, you know, adding the intro and all that stuff. I believe the average was in the range of 200 or maybe $225 us for that across. uh, I think there were 150 people that completed the survey out of a group of about 7,000. So it's not a complete sample set but i would say that's a pretty reasonable place to be looking if you're looking for a professional editor who offers a high level of service you did you know touch on the part about screening and i'd really
0: love to know you know mm-hmm. especially someone who perhaps is not very well versed in you know audio quality and things like that just knows the bare minimum how do you know that this person is the right fit for me you know how do you identify that that person that you know this person is the person that can you know edit my show
1: sure so i i think it it starts with knowing who you are and what you want and what you want it to look like or what you want it to feel like so if you're looking for someone to edit your documentary no, style kidding. podcast I'm not the right person for you because that's not what I that's not what I do. So that's like ground zero is do they even offer the thing that you're looking for? And then I think when it goes beyond that, it's a matter of having an interview and talking to more than one person. So once you're clear about what you're looking for, I, I think then you can start talking to people and talk to more than one person. Talk to two or three or four, however many it takes and get a sense for what it is that they offer, ask them things like, what's it like to work with you and ask them to, to kind of make it clear, like what kind of turnaround time do you offer and some other stuff. I've actually got some resources I can share at the end to help you kind of think through some of this stuff. And then it's perfectly appropriate to ask for some kind of proof that they can actually do what they say they can do. And so I would think about maybe asking for references or, maybe asking if they're open to doing a short sample edit. Now I'm not talking about editing a full episode or something like that, but will they edit five or 10 minutes to Mm -hmm. let you see what they can do with your audio? Some, some editors do put up before and after samples. I'm not a huge fan of those because they're easy to fake out, right? uh, I mean, not everybody has integrity problems, but I prefer to be able to do something with your actual audio. And then if you, if you know somebody who's pretty good with audio, maybe have them review it and help you understand which one is doing the best job.
0: No, thank you very much, Brian, for sharing all of that with me. Um, I really, really appreciate all of those, you know, value bombs, insights. I really, you know, need to start thinking about that. And I wish I had before I started to look for people um, and, you know, hide out. out I mean a freelancer uh but that is something that I'll definitely think about in the coming future, and perhaps you did talk about some goals um what goals do you have when it comes to to editing maybe we you can mm-hmm. just perhaps share what type of goals we can set um that can help us be able to then measure if somebody is able to you know reach those goals or someone is, is able to, to fit into, to that.
1: So it's a little bit tough to set this out for other people, but what I do when I interview people, um, because I do have some contractors that I work with is typically I'll have a short sample that I know fairly well. I know several editors that do this kind of thing and it's going to be about five minutes long and it's going to have some things that I know need to be fixed. And I'm going to provide that to the person that I'm interviewing and say, hey, can you can you edit this for me? And I'll provide them the parameters, like what it is that I want them to do. And for my process, I typically like to break things down. So I, I have a section where we do things like audio repair, then we'd have the, the actual dialogue edit, and then there's the mixing and mastering. And so what I ask them to do will be specific to the part of the process that I'm wanting them to take care of. And typically it's going to be the dialogue edit. So it'll be things like make sure that the pacing is good. Remove the filler words. Let me know if there's something that needed to be corrected in terms of the raw recording. Just leave a little marker. So that kind of thing. And then I can listen through that and know that they're able to do that. Now, if you don't have a lot of experience with audio, of course, that can be a little bit tougher to do. And I would say some of this is going to come down to ear training getting used to what you're hearing. And some of it's going to be just sitting with it and saying, Does what they do match what I wanted them to do? Right. And this this is where it can be a little bit tough for me, right? Because I'm sort of on the inside of the the um and ah world all the time. And so my ears are very much attuned to that. But if you as a host have a different set of standards, then you just need to go, okay, was this person able to deliver on what I asked them to do? And if they are that's great. If they did better than you expected, that's even better, right? But then if you've talked to two or three people and you have an understanding of what they charge and which ones, which person's edit you liked the best, if, if you can tell the difference between them, then that makes deciding pretty easy. Now, that doesn't mean that later you won't notice something different and want to make a change, but it helps you go, okay, I made the right decision for now. Because the <laughs> the, the one thing that I think is actually worse than hiring the wrong person is getting stuck in the process for so long that you just quit before you ever mm. get there, right? And so there's wow. there's that weird space between the two where you've just kinda gotta make the call knowing that you may have to change it at some point.
0: Wow, wow, I really love that. I I, I really understand that. And probably more people do do that whereby they are stuck in the process, maybe even because they don't want to give up the, ed- the control you know to to somebody else and so they you know try and delay the process as oh, much yeah. as possible and it really is probably tough for us to actually give up that part especially if you've been doing it for so long um and you know thank you very much for sharing that i would really love to have you on the show um you know as one other episode where we can talk about working with the edit with the editor how to you know work with an editor so that you can be able to you know produce you know a great quality you know show uh because i think that is also something that we do struggle with but for now um mm-hmm. you know back on this topic what are some of the mistakes that we should avoid making when we are hiring you know somebody who can work with us as an editor? yeah
1: so i think there are a few that i see reasonably commonly i think the one that concerns me the most is people that just get stuck on one option. They talk to one person, they make the choice, and then they go forward. And they've never really spent the time to go, is this even the right person for me? Because I, I feel like, and I don't know this to be 100% true, but look, from the outside looking in, it feels like those are the people that have an editor. And about three or four months later, they're not happy with their editor because they didn't take the time to see if it was going to be a good working relationship. They didn't do they didn't do their due diligence and probably the editor didn't either. Cause it's not like we're not part of the equation. I mean, you might be interviewing an editor, trust yeah. me, they're interviewing you too. And they're going, do I, do I want to work with this person? Like, or do I want this? Do I want my team to have to work with this person? So there's a little bit of that going on. So I think there's a little bit on both sides of the equation, but that's where we start getting to things like the horror stories about editors, right? Where, Oh, I hired this editor and they did this or or whatever, right? And so that, that all starts typically with not being clear on who's doing what and not being clear that this is the right editor for you, this is the right client for you. Beyond that, I think it, it relates to this, but people that just don't even take the time to think about what they want, they just say, I'm overwhelmed, I can't get it all done, I need an editor, where can I find an editor? Mm-hmm. Well, I get the feeling, I mean, I've been there, right? But <laughs> but but that doesn't create a good working relationship. You've got to know what you want because mm. you have to be able to translate what you want and the editor has to take the words that you say and turn them back into actions. And so if you're not clear on what you want, if there's a little bit of mist in your mind. By the time it gets to the editor, it's going to be a fog and they're going to be trying to feel through the fog to deliver on what they think you want. And you don't know either right? So take that time. And I'm not talking about like on a per episode, I want you to do this, this, and this. I'm thinking about like, how do you want your editing to look? How do you want the pacing of your show to go? What style of editing do you want? Do you, how loud, like, do you want it mixed to a certain loudness? Like all, all of those kinds of things that you may or may not have an opinion about, but those are important things to consider. Uh, and then the other one I think that's related to this is just waiting so long that you if I don't hire somebody, I'm just going to quit. And so you just get yourself into that pressured situation where you have to make the call and it might be the right one. It might not. So I think those are probably the the three big ones that show up.
0: All right. Thank you very much, Brian, for, I mean, everything that you've shared um, that really, really was, you know, so insightful and, you know, you've made me think about editing in such a different way. Um, And now I really know what to look for. And I'm pretty sure everyone else who's listening now knows what to do. So, you know, without wasting any more time, can you just please tell us, you know, what is your call to action? What should we do when we leave this episode and um, we want to check you out? Where should we go?
1: Sure. So I have a podcast that's for people that want to hire a podcast editor. So if you're thinking about hiring an editor and you want to make sure that you do it right, or you, you approach it with some level of rigor, check out the podcast. It's at hireapodcasteditor.com. Season one is really focused on helping you think through, how do I want to approach this? What are the things that I want to consider before I do this to help you get that framework in place? And then I'm about halfway through that part of the season. And then toward the back part of the season, we're going to transition to going through that interview process. What are some of the questions that you can ask to a prospective editor to help you understand what they work like and how they think and what they're doing to protect the shows that they work on. Some of those kinds of things to help you through that evaluation process. Um, I've also got some resources that are available through the podcast and some more that I'm working on for that. So hireapodcasteditor.com is where I'd send you.
0: No, thank you very much, Brian, for that. I'll definitely, you know, leave all the links down below. You can maybe share with me some of the other links so that we can check you out. Um, your podcast is How I Found You and you really, really go in depth. Um, so if anyone you know, enjoyed this episode and the insights that Brian shared, he goes in depth in his podcast and I really, really highly, highly recommend it. Um, so thank you very much, Brian, for coming on the show um, and for sharing all of your wonderful insights. We definitely appreciate you and we'll definitely call you again. I, I know that <laughs> for sure. And would really, really appreciate you to, I mean, if you would come again, uh, even though we had some technical difficulties and all that, which I do apologize for. But thank you very much for being patient. And we know that you are a podcaster. And so I would really love for you to close off the show and, yeah, take us home.
1: Okay. Yeah, well, Um. so... I guess I'd say, Lindo, thank you so much for allowing me to be on your show and reaching out, uh, especially with a show that's as focused as hire a podcast editor. Sometimes I'm surprised that people listen. So it's great to do that. Uh, for those of you that are listening, um, it's okay, like Lindo said, to be clueless, to know that you're there's some stuff for you to learn and to continue pursuing that. So definitely props to you for bringing that up. And yeah, thanks for being here. I appreciate you listening. And thanks, Lindo, for having me on the show.
0: What an episode. Thank you very much, Brian, for coming on the show and sharing so many of those value bombs. I'm definitely going to call you back again on the show because, yeah, I'm really going to find a podcast editor and then need to learn how to manage them. If you found value in this episode, please do rate and review it. Share it with your friends, family or whoever it is that you know who might find value in it. And please, guys, go follow me on Twitter, at Lindo Msane, and talk to me. Tell me I'm awesome so that I know that you're listening to the show, that you're enjoying it. Anyways, see you next time. And remember, entrepreneurs, it's okay to be clueless. So long as you're listening to this podcast, you won't be for long.